the book of Jeremiah, there we go, the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verses 11 through 13. And if we could please stand to honor the reading of the word. And it says in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11 through 13, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you shall call upon me, and you shall come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. God bless and honor the reading of his word. You shall be seated. All right, all right, all right. As Matthew McConaughey, one of my favorite actors, says, <laughs> all right means in a satisfaction. I'm going to say this right. All right, the definition of that word, all right, is to be in a satisfactory manner or a satisfactory extent, meaning fairly well. That's what the word all right means. But when I say the word all right, I don't just mean everything's eh, okay. When I say everything's all right, I mean all is well, at least as well as it can get. Because people a lot of times ask me, how are you feeling today, Pastor? Or how are you feeling, Philip? And I say, oh, I'm all right. I usually mean I'm about as good as I'm going to get. And that's what I mean. There's not else, anything else I could do about it. So I'm doing all right. It means everything's fine and dandy. Everything's good. That's what I mean. And the title of today's service is All Right. It means all right. And people have different definitions for that. But mine is not just all right today. Today, it's an acronym. An acronym, of course, is where every letter stands and means a for a different word. That's what every letter means. All right. So what is the acronym? for the word all right today. Well, let's go over that together. You can write it down if you'd like. And we're gonna go through each word one by one and what it means today. What does it mean to be all right today? Well, let me just tell you, when we talk about everything being all right today, the first word of all right is admittance. Admittance lightens, semicolon. Admittance lightens, semicolon. Repentance ignites God's holy torch. And I'll say it again. To be all right means admittance lightens, semicolon. Repentance ignites God's holy torch. That's what it means for everything to be all right. Everything's going to be fine and dandy. Everything's going to be great in the long run. That's what it means. That admittance lightens, repentance ignites God's holy torch. That's what it means when everything's all right. So let's go over that first part, to admit. Because a lot of people think to just admit something takes care of it all. Have you ever had people say, I'm gonna admit that I did something wrong and it takes care of everything? No, that's not all. Have you ever had people do that? Well, I admitted I did wrong, so that's it. It takes care of it, but that's not it. Just because you admit you did wrong doesn't mean that it takes care of everything. I think we got a problem with young people nowadays because they say, well, and a lot of times they don't wanna admit they did wrong at all. But part of it's not their fault. It's the way they're raised. But we need to admit when we make a mistake or when we have a weakness. We need to admit our weakness to the Lord. And, and by the way, I'm talking to Christians first today. We know that when we come to know Christ, we first admit that we're sinners. If you can't admit that you're a sinner or make mistakes, you're never going to come to know Jesus Christ as personal and Savior. That's how you first did it. We were just talking a while ago that we came to know Jesus Christ. You first had to know that you're going to go to hell. Otherwise, you would never have asked for forgiveness. Thank God you did that. If there's anyone watching today who has yet to come to the know that they need to admit 
of their faults. You can take care of that today. We're going to get to more of that in a moment. But you need to do that. But even as a Christian, we need to admit when we make a mistake. Some people believe that they don't have weaknesses because once you're saved, you're saved. That's not the point. You still have weaknesses. And there's lots of weaknesses people have. Many people have different weaknesses. Maybe your weakness is gluttony, which I probably shouldn't talk about when we're about to have a meal. <laughs> but there's different kinds of gluttony. Some people have gluttony for food. Some have gluttony for other things. We won't get into all that. could be for, for riches and other things. Some people's weakness might be lust. And it's not always sexual. But there's lust a lot of people have. It could be pride. We've talked about some of these things before. Some people have a problem with pride. Maybe it's hatred. Maybe it's gossip. People have that. Maybe their problem is their tongue. It might not just be with the gossip or, or other things, but maybe their tongue is something they have a problem with, saying things they shouldn't say. Maybe it's hypocrisy. Maybe your weakness is your hypocrisy. Saying one thing, living another. And I understand these things when I was young. There's times I say, this is wrong, and I do that thing. And the Lord had to call me on it and say, you can't do that anymore. He'd have to correct me on it. It's not just enough to admit it, but to leave it to God. Let God show you where you have weaknesses so that he can show you where it needs to change. So, yes, the first thing we need to do is to admit so that everything could be all right. It's not going to be all right until you admit it first. So let's take a look at Proverbs chapter 28. Proverbs 28, verse 13. Because it says in Proverbs 28, verse 13, and remember most of Proverbs are written by Solomon, the wisest. Proverbs 28, 13, He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Well, we have to admit it when we have a problem. We have to admit it. Because if you do not admit that you have a problem, you're going to be stuck in that same position for the rest of your days. You're never going to get out of that problem. How many marriages stay in a problem and never grow, and they usually separate or divorce or whatever else? And you say, well, that, she should have said this or he should have said that. Well, it's not enough for one person to admit. It has to be both. And it's not enough for if one person wants to fix it, if the other one doesn't, and that's a whole other story, except to say that it has to be an admittance. And that's just the first part. Admittance is just one just one part. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 says to us, Brothers, if a man is caught in any transgression, which is a type of sin, a part of a sin, if a man is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, watching yourselves, lest you also be tempted. In other words, make sure you're spiritually mature. Don't go to them if you're weak and young, or you too may get caught up in the same weaknesses that they may have. But we need to go to the young in spirit if they have weaknesses. Try to help them to grow. Don't say, as so many do nowadays, well, it's okay for them to have these problems. No. No, it's not. Now, I'm not saying that we should kick them, kick them while they're down, but to go to them and try to help them to grow. So yes, we should admit that we have a problem, but admittance alone doesn't do it. A lot of times people know that when you admit something, it does lighten that load. When you first admit that you have a problem, it does lighten the load, doesn't it? Have you ever admitted that you have a problem? When you first admit that you have a problem, it lightens that load. Oh, I admit it. I have a problem. I remember when I was younger, admitting I had a problem of some sort, it would lighten that load of feeling 
something was wrong. It lightened it, but it only lights it for a moment. It doesn't take care of it. So it would lighten your load, that burden that you feel as a Christian. You admit it, it lightens that load, but that's not enough to remove the problem. It's like going to a doctor and admitting you have headaches. Admitting it really does help. Going to a doctor and admitting you have a problem with your vision, with headaches, with whatever the problem may be, but admitting it and telling them the situation doesn't take away what problem it might really be. Then they have to start looking through MRIs, through CAT scans, whatever it might be, and looking to see deeper into what the problem might be. And once that doctor finds the problem, you may have to go through surgery. You may have to have something else. There might be medication. There might be some other situation. And then they can go deep into it. Some people just want to admit it. Nope, that's enough. No, it's not enough. Oh, I have problems with lust. Then what? Go deeper into that. Get rid of the problems that are causing lust in your life. I have a problem with gluttony. Okay, that's not enough. Just to say that you have a problem. I have a problem with my car. Okay, take it to the mechanic. Let the mechanic look at it. Oh, but it's going to cost me money. <laughs> yes, but you're going to, going to cost you money anyway if you have a problem with your car. Let him take a look at it. And it's true that if you're having a problem with your air conditioning in your car, you might go in there and they might say, okay, you have a problem with your air conditioning, with your brakes, with your lights, with the da 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 It's a long list and you maybe don't have really have problems with some of those. I don't know. But the problem, with, the problem is, though, when you have a problem as a Christian, if you don't take it to Dr. God so that God can take a look and show you a long list of what you really have a problem with, you're never going to get those problems taken care of. And God wants to help you. But unless you really want to admit it and really want to give it to him, it's never going to be lightened. It's just going to keep on, keep on, and keep on getting heavier on you. So what does Jesus say about this? Well, let's take a look at that. As it says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. What does he say? He says this, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through verse 30. Come to me, all you who labor are heavy laden or heavy burdened, as other versions say, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. If you have a lot burdened upon you and you feel like you can't go on, I understand that. Jesus Christ wants to take that burden from you, but you have to bring it to Jesus. Just come to Jesus Christ. He will help you today. But don't think you can do it on your own. Well, I admit it. I have a problem. Okay. You have a problem. But take it to Jesus Christ. He will help you with that. But it's not enough just to admit it and to feel a little bit lightened. What's the next part of that? You have to repent. You have to repent. Well, what does it mean to repent? Well, just a few days ago, I was, I was talking to someone, and they, of course they had no idea. They had no idea. I've had the sermon get started for months now. They had no idea what I was working on, but they talked about they don't regret, they don't repent, they don't whatever, they don't have remorse. And I says to myself, I says, well, that's a problem. You have to have remorse. You have to have repent. And you have to have regret in your life. And I understood what they were saying. They don't want to live in the regret for the rest of their days. But here's the truth. You must have repent as a Christian. You must have regret, I meant to say. Because that's what repenting is all about. Repent of what things you have done in your life. That's what brought us to the Pope in the first place. Or wherever you was at when you asked Jesus Christ in your heart as your personal Lord and Savior. I personally was in the basement of my mom and dad's house. Exactly where I live now. That same basement. And then ran to my folks and asked Jesus Christ to be my personal Lord and Savior and have a personal relationship with them. I fell down 
to the Lord God and said, save me. That was repenting. But every day since then, I have repented. And I'm not talking about being re-saved. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about being saved again. I'm talking about repenting, remembering what it was like to know that I was lost. And so that every time there's a temptation and every single time that I have fallen, because I've fallen just like you have, have fallen, I get back up again. I get knocked down, but I get up again because Jesus Christ helps me to get back up again. We repent from our mistakes. We regret. We have remorse for wrongdoing. And we remember. We remember when we make mistakes so that so that you don't repeat and relive those same things again. Amen. Amen. Some people don't want to remember that because they felt so bad. I know that. But I'd rather remember than not. So I keep getting stuck in that same place again. I'm not talking about being lost again, but I'm talking about living in sin again and getting stuck in that again. Can you imagine going back to the same road that you was in and hitting your tires and popping the tires again? Whoa, I forgot about that hole. I forgot about it. Well, you dope. How could you forget about that? It cost you a lot of money. That's why you got to the mechanic in the first place. Come on. Come on. That's why God gives us memory. We need to remember these things. Now, I'm not talking about living in the past. To have a constant reloop, a constant recollect, be stuck in irreversible retrospect. Because I've done that. I've done that. You're talking to someone who has low self-esteem, very low self-esteem, and thinks poorly on himself. If I lean to my own understanding, if I do that. But when you let the Holy Spirit say, quiet boy, listen to me. I've saved you. You don't need to have insecurities. You don't need to have that. I saved you. Quit listening to those voices and listen to my voice. You can remember those things and not live in retrospect of those things. There's a difference. There's a difference. Maybe you've been the same way. Maybe you have lived in that constant, irreversible retrospect. That's a trick of the devil, too. But you can still remember those things, regretting those things, and learn from those things. Repentance is an invitation to change. I'll say it again, but repentance is an invitation to change. That's what God wants to do, to change from what we once were to what we can be. There was once a philosopher by the name of George Santayana. George Santayana said, those who cannot remember the past are doomed to repeat it. I posted that this week, but he also said it again. He said it more than once, but he said it again, saying those who cannot learn from history are doomed to repeat it. It's the same thing, just a different, you know, tweaking. But it's so true. We have a lot of stupid young people nowadays. I'm not talking about anyone here. I'm not talking about anyone watching necessarily. Maybe you are, I don't know. But if you're a stupid young person who wants to destroy historical monuments, you are stupid because you're not wanting to remember the truth. You're not wanting to remember what happened. You're wanting to change history so that your feelings aren't hurt. But this is how we remember history. Remember it and learn from it. That's how we learn from history. We don't try to erase it. We learn from it. Learn from your history, too. Remember the things you did that were wrong and grow from it. This is what the Lord God does for us. 
He helps us with that. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. That's why we have it. <laughs> Listen, one reason why I mention my past sometimes, and quite often actually, one reason why I, I mention it is because I'm embarrassed of it. I am. I'm very embarrassed of it. But I'm not embarrassed in the sense that I live in it. I'm embarrassed of what I did, but I'm proud of what God has done with me. I was once this, but now I'm saved. I was once a dope, but God saved me. I'm at dope no more. I was once an ignorant little wretch, but now I'm a saved young man of Christ. I was once a young man with hearing problems, but I'm now a man with new ears through Christ. I was once a young man who had tumors, but Christ saved me from that too. My brain is brand new because of Jesus Christ. I can speak because of Jesus Christ. I can walk through Jesus Christ. I can continue to go on because of Jesus, not because of me. And you can do the same thing. Don't be ashamed what God can do because I have repented and I am brand spanking new because of Jesus Christ, not because of Philip Andrew Koontz. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 through 26, and you can turn with me if you wish, 2 Timothy chapter 2, 24 through 26. The servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be gentle toward all people, able to teach, patient, in gentleness, instructing those in opposition. Perhaps God will grant them repentance to know the truth. And they may escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Folks are out there. They're trapped. They've yet to repent. Keep praying for them. Pray that they'll come to know Jesus Christ. Be loving to them. That doesn't mean make excuses for them to live in stupidity. They don't know they're stupid. And by the way, I mean ignorant by that. I don't mean literally stupid, but they, they, the stuff they do is because they don't know any better. They don't know any better. They don't. Just keep praying for them. But that doesn't give us an excuse to be cruel and hateful. At the same time, it doesn't give us an excuse to tell them it's okay to live in sin. It doesn't give us an excuse to say, it's okay, live how you want to live. Don't do that. Because then you're giving a, a, a pet and a pat and tell them, go ahead, live in sin. It's all right. If you who have the name of Jesus attached to you is telling them to go ahead and keep on keeping on and what you want to do, then they think that Jesus is saying it's okay, and it's not okay. First John chapter 1. First John chapter 1, verse 8 through 10 says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us, from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him, I'm not Jesus, a liar, and his word is not in us. We've made mistakes, but we must repent. Truly repent. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. He says, says this, From the time Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent! For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Folks, people need to repent. Thank God you repented at your time. Thank God you repented and others need to repent too. You think about this. There was a young man by the name of Moses. He was a murderer. Thank God he repented and he came to the Lord. There was a young man by the name of Paul who wanted to murder many. His name was Saul, excuse me. He came to be Paul. He repented. There was a bullheaded man who chopped off the ear of another man. His name was Peter. He repented. He come to be of the Lord. There's many other people insecure 
ignorant liars, cheaters. They repented to come to serve the Lord God. There was a young man who was an adulterer. He cheated. He had people killed. He lied about it. His name was David. But he repented. He followed the Lord God. He was chosen of God. And through him, the Son of God was born. That was David. He repented. It wasn't enough that he admitted he had done wrong, but he repented. He turned his life around. I'm saying to you right now, you may think that you can't be used of God. Maybe right now you can't be. But if you admit it and then repent, you can be used of God. God can use you not as you are, but as you are once you repent and can be used of God. It says in Acts chapter 3, verse 19, Therefore, I'll say it again, Acts chapter 3, verse 19, Therefore repent and be converted, that your sins may be wiped away, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Repenting is so important. Do you know that the word repent, in one way or another, whether through repentance, repent, repenting, whatever word they use, repent is mentioned 74 times in the Bible. 74 times in the Bible. There was a young man by the name of Judas who was in the Bible. Judas admitted that he was wrong. He admitted he was wrong. He traded Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah, in for 30 pieces of silver. And he gave that silver back. He admitted he was wrong. But that wasn't enough. He admitted it. He never repented of what he did. And because of that, he hung himself and died and went to hell. And that's mentioned a few times. He was saved, as some people like to say he was. Jesus himself said he was of the devil. He didn't repent. He admitted that he didn't repent. And sadly, Judas, had he repented, could have gone to heaven and didn't. It's not enough just to admit you might have felt lightened for a moment, but to repent is truly the difference. So I say, if you know that you have admitted that you're wrong, but you haven't repented, truly of your sins to turn around, do it today. Perhaps you are a Christian, but you've yet to repent of certain things in your life. Today, repent. Because once you repent and you're sincere about it, this will ignite you. Because that's the next word, the I. Ignite. To ignite is to burn that shining light within you, that shining bright light. You know what it means to ignite, to be ignited. It says in Psalm 39, verse 3, in Psalm 39, verse 3, my heart was hot within me while I was musing. I love that. While I was musing, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. Think about that. He was musing. That fire was burning bright within him. Have you ever just been going to church, going through the motions? I got to admit, I've done it. Where I've read the word from time to time, gone through the motions, but then I devote myself completely to the Lord and I'm ignited. And that fire is burning bright. And there's a great difference. So what's the difference? Is God any different? No. Is Jesus, his son, any different? No. Is the church any different? No. How about what you're wearing? No. It's not the songs. It's not the Bible. It's not anything else. It's you. It's you. 
It's the difference between you and what you have within you. There's a difference between admitting and repenting. And when you repent with the true, sincere heart of the Lord God, you are ignited. And when you're ignited, listen, listen what it says in Matthew 5, 16. Jesus Christ said in Matthew 5, 16, he said in Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And it's not for your sake. No, no. Let them see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven. Let them see it. Let them see the light of God shining before all men and all women, all people is what it means. Let God shine before all people. And once that happens, you know what they see? They see God. Now, what that word means in this situation, it's not just God. Because in the phrase that I said, God's, God's holy torch, God's, God's glorious touch. There's another G word here. God's glorious touch on you. God's glorious touch on you. Always feeling his presence. We're to go to him. You can feel God's glorious touch on you in his holy presence. Have you ever been alone? Maybe you're alone at night, but you can feel the presence of God on you. I have felt that so many times. It's hard for me to go to sleep at night sometimes when I feel God's glorious touch on me. Oh, I feel his glorious touch on me and I just want to get to singing and dancing and praising his holy name. And I tell you, praising his holy name so much that I just sometimes just want to break out in tongues and dance all over the bed. You know, I just want to go crazy because I know God is with me and wherever he is, I don't feel alone. I know he's with me. I go to him in prayer and in deeds, reward and praise. And it says in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, Isaiah 41, verse 10 says, do not fear. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. Yes, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God is with us. I don't know about you. There's times in this world where you look around and you may feel all alone, but you're not alone. We know that. He is with us. We don't have to fear. And I like what 1 Corinthians 10.31 says. 1 Corinthians 10.31. Therefore, whether you eat or drink, this kind of goes along with what we're about to do right here. It says, therefore, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Whatever we do, do it to the glory of God. Remember that in your life. When you feel alone, no matter what people say to you, no matter what they try to make you feel like, don't let them tear you down. Do everything to the glory of God. That'll keep you from saying certain things. That'll keep you from doing certain things. And that'll keep your mind and eyes on Christ. Do for the glory of God. You remember that statement, what would Jesus do? That also helps with what Jesus wouldn't do too, wouldn't it? Wouldn't, it, wouldn't that help you? Does me. The next word I used was holy. Where to be holy, to be dedicated, to be sacred, and have the touch of the Holy Spirit. And you know it when you feel it. Because you can sense that holiness. You can sense that holy feeling on you. I get goosebumps sometimes when I feel the holy touch of the Lord of God upon me. I get goosebumps. Knowing he's with me. I don't deserve it. I know you don't either, but we can sense it upon us. But when we feel that holy touch upon us, we can feel peace of the Lord. But it doesn't happen unless we're seeking him. When you seek God and put him first, you can sense holiness, the holy feeling upon of the Lord, the Holy Spirit upon us. It says in Hebrews 12, 14. Hebrews 12, 14 
says to pursue peace with all men and the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. We have holiness when we have the Holy Spirit with us. He's with us always. Just seek him, seek him. Ephesians 4.24. I like this. Ephesians 4.24. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. We can feel the holiness of the Lord God. And one more word, that torch. That torch. That torch is what helps us to shine. That's the Holy Spirit. That's Lord God. To shine for all to see. To all see the light of Christ Jesus upon us. Now, I have it written here. 1 John chapter 2. 7 through 17. But I'm not going to read all that. I'm just going to read verse 8. 1 John chapter 2. You can write that down if you want. 7 through 17. I'm just going to read 1 John chapter 2 verse 8. Because it says, Yet a new commandment I am writing to you, which holds true to him, excuse me, true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Jesus Christ is the light and is shining in you if you're letting it. Jesus Christ is shining in you for all to see. Let that torch shine in you. I oftentimes think of Gideon and all those people who had those torches. You remember they had those torches? And they had them in those vases. They were there the whole time. But when the time came down, they threw those torches down, those vases down, and they brought the torches out. Folks, you're living in a dark world. The enemy is all around us. And the times come when we need to throw the torches down and let the light of Jesus Christ shine all around. Don't be afraid. Everything is going to be all right. Everything is going to be all right. No matter what occurs, everything is going to be all right. It's going to be all right because we have the admittance, which lightens repentance, which lightens, excuse me, repentance ignites God's holy torch within us. We've already admitted of our problems. And if we have problems right now, whatever the weakness might be, just admit it to God. Let him lighten that horrible feeling you have inside of you today. And then repent of whatever that problem might be, whatever that weakness might be, whatever is holding you back with your life under the Lord God. Repent of it today. You can come forward. I've been coming forward many times, repenting of things that have kept me back from living for the Lord God. Repent of it. Repent of it today. Let it ignite you. Don't let it hold you back any longer. Let it ignite the Lord's touch, God's holy torch within you. Don't be held back anymore, whatever it might be. Because only you and only the Lord God knows what has been holding you back in your life. But don't let that hold you back any longer. The Lord God wants you to be lit up like a torch. He wants him to be shining for all to see. It says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says, We know that all things work together for good to those. A lot of times people stop there. All things work together for good. That's not where it stops. It says, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. If we want God to touch us, to shine through us, we need not only to admit the problem, but to commit, to repent, and let God shine through us so that everything will be all right. Now, what does that mean? 
Does that mean there's not going to be any problems in life? No. That means that no matter what the problems are, no matter what occurs in our lives, it's all going to end up being all right in the end. And you know why? Because God is with you through those problems. God has strengthened you even through those problems. It doesn't mean you won't have the problems, but it means you already have the answer to go to through those problems. Because I don't know about you, but no matter what occurs to me, no matter what comes to me, I know where I'm going to go. You can't go to the people of this world for your answers. You can't go to food. I learned that the hard way. You can't go to drinking. can't go to drugs. can't go to money. You can't go to all these other things that people go to for answers. You can't do it. You can't go to sex. You can't go to all these other things, the lust, the gluttony, gossip, all these weaknesses people have. You can't go to that. You have to go to the one who created the world. You have to go to his son, who's the answer to all things. You have to go to the one that everyone's going to bow to in the end. He will help you through it. I'm not saying that in the end we're not all going to die. We are going to die. But I know there's only one way to receive life, and that's through Jesus. He's the only way for everything to turn out all right. It's through Jesus Christ. I'm not telling you that you're not going to hurt. But I'm telling you this, even when we do hurt, God, through the Son, Jesus Christ, makes everything all right. So no matter what your concern is today, no matter what your worry is, no matter what your concern is, turn to Jesus Christ. Admit what you're going through. He will lighten what you're going through. Repent to him. Let him ignite through God's holy torch as he touches you. And everything's going to be all right. It will. Because when you have Jesus, you know everything is all right. It is going to be all right. That's how it's going to turn out. It's how it has to turn out. Turn to Jesus and to nothing else. That's the only way to make it through this world. Amen. So today, if you're going through difficulties, today, if you don't know what else to do, come forward. Come forward today. This is not about salvation, but rehabilitation. If you have things you want to talk to the Lord about, but you don't know what to do, this is the time. Don't be afraid to come forward there an invitation. Maybe you're shy. Maybe that's what you're afraid of. But don't be afraid of that even. You know, you maybe not know this by looking at me. But when I was a little boy, I was so shy. I was even afraid to speak out loud. And I know you're all right now thinking I'm lying. That's not true. I, I'm being completely honest. But God can change all things. So today... If you want your life to be all right, come forward to God. He can make everything all right to his will, to his will. And I close today by reading to you 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen. Incidentally, for people who believe that the Trinity is not mentioned in the Bible, that verse has them all together. Amen? I'll, I'll read it again. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.
Amen. Let's bow in prayer. Lord God, I pray for those today who are having problems. Maybe they're health problems and they don't know what to do. Maybe they feel like they have no one to turn to, but Lord God, they can turn to you. Maybe there are people who have addictions and they don't know what to do about that. And Lord God, I'm not an expert and I don't know what to do either. Although I've been addicted to many things. And I pray, Lord God, that they will turn to you and you will help them with professionals. Lord God, maybe there are people right now who are saying the wrong things to the wrong people. I pray, Lord, you will help them to control their tongue. Help them, Lord Jesus Christ, whatever the case might be. Maybe there are people who are afraid right now, not knowing what to do with their life, but I know that you do. And I pray you will strengthen them today. Maybe they're afraid to admit it. that make, They may think that makes them weak, but it doesn't. It makes them stronger. I pray that they will know that. Maybe there are people who have admitted some of their problems and that that light, lightened feeling is all they need. But I pray today they will repent and they will understand the difference between admitting and repenting. And that repenting is what takes care of it. I pray, Lord God, that there will be people who will come forward to you today, whether it be here at home, and their whole life be changed. And realizing with you, Lord God, everything is going to be all right, and it always will be. I pray all this in your holy, precious name, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Would you stand with me, please, and open your hymnals.